0: This conversation was recorded for the Sensitive Success Summit 2022. Remember to check out this year's summit, www.sensitivesuccesssummit.com. It's free to join and we have lots of interesting conversations coming up. Hope to see you there. Welcome to the Sensitive Success Podcast where we explore the unique challenges and opportunities that comes with being a sensitive changemaker in today's world. I'm your host, Frida Carbo, and I have spent the last decade recreating my life. I moved from Sweden to New Zealand and now live in the beautiful bush with my husband and two kids, homeschooling and creating a life and business that works for me with the help of my sensitivity and support others to do the same. I'm excited to share conversations with experts, thought leaders, and fellow sensitive people who also see the world through the lens of sensitivity. Thank you so much for being here, because it means that you're creating sensitive success too, which is precisely what the world needs. Let's get started. Today we celebrate sensitivity with Manisha Tare. She is a somatic healing practitioner for highly sensitive and empathic women who have people-pleasing tendencies and want to support to prioritize their well-being, set better boundaries, and be less affected by others' emotions and actions. Through a combination of trauma-informed healing modalities and mentoring, she supports her client to heal their nervous system so they can confidently ask for what they need and feel worthy of amazing relationships. I'm looking forward to talk boundaries today. Welcome, Manisha.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to dive in.
0: Thank you so much for being here. And Sensitive Success Summit is an opportunity to come together and celebrate our sensitivity. So I would love to hear why you wanted to join the celebrations and why you think it's important.
1: Mm, Yeah, I feel like I've been on my own journey around understanding my sensitivity, which I think many people go through. And I really come to the conclusion, diehard conclusion, that it's such a massive gift, especially at this time in the world, when I think that being you know, empathetic and being able to listen and to be still and to hold space are these qualities that have really been overlooked in so many areas of the world in different work environments and family environments. And so this just feels so important to, to really honor and for people to recognize that this is a gift and to have the tools and practices they need to be able to thrive because it definitely i think is a journey to maybe change that belief or change even how it feels sometimes it can feel like a burden to be so sensitive and so having the tools and practices to really shift that for yourself and you know let what's inside of you more and more of us for it to like be present is so important so i really thank you so much for having me
0: thank you so much for being here so tell us a bit more about your journey and how you come to do what you do.
1: Sure. You know, I, you know, some people will say like, oh, I realized I was highly sensitive at around this time or this time. And I don't really have like a story around that necessarily, but my, you know, sort of professional journey, I started, uh, I studied occupational therapy, as my undergraduate degree, I wanted to work with kids. I ended up working with kids with different sensory needs and some children who are on the autistic spectrum. And so this nervous system piece, this sensory piece is like really high in my mind. And then I did other things like, you know, working with early childhood professionals and training, and I could just see like, okay, there's something going on with this nervous system piece, this like sensitivity piece, even for these little kids who had different developmental challenges. And as I kind of continued my own personal work, I started studying yoga and became a yoga teacher and a meditation teacher. And then in the context of working with some of these kids, I studied a body work called craniosacral therapy, which is all about, you know, helping to heal the nervous system and bringing the body back into balance and homeostasis. And simultaneously, while I started to study that I was also experiencing a shoulder injury that kind of seemed to come out of nowhere. And then I started doing some of my own personal like energy healing work and acupuncture. And what I started to really understand was just the combination. I mean, I already understood to some degree, a tiny degree, like the holistic world, but when it came into my own experience, I realized like, yes, I'm having this physical injury, but it's really related to some of these emotional pieces that I haven't healed. And so later is when I really realized like, oh, okay. I think my sensitivity also plays a part in this because I'm able to pick up so much from the environment that I end up internalizing things and they manifest as like these physical issues and injuries. And so that's really what kind of gelled it all for me, like this combination of like physical and emotional um, as well as like spiritual and, you know, all of it. And I dove further into uh, learning more about somatic work through the craniosacral work, but also through understanding how to support people in healing from from trauma and really being fine-tuned with somebody's nervous system while all of this was happening for me, right? So it was like, I was learning all of this, I was supporting other people, but at the same time, I was like, wow, this is, this is so wild. And so it was sort of, it was circular. Like I would learn something, I would practice it, it would help me, it would help somebody else. And so that's really like how my journey actually continues to unfold because I now, you know, work with people online and I'm developing some courses and it's like, so how do I give people these tools that I wish I understood better at the time so that they won't have to go through quite the same length of journey that I have to go through.
0: Beautiful how we our own experiences can anchor the knowledge and really Mm -hmm. help us help others in the same situation. Mm. Yeah, definitely. So let's dig into boundaries. What does boundaries mean for you?
1: Oh, gosh. Um, I love to talk about boundaries, especially for highly sensitives, because I think that so often there's like a disconnect between like where we end and where another person begins, because I think for most people who are at least sensitive will are nodding and can relate. But the way I think about that is, you know, if you're so highly attuned to what somebody else is experiencing, perhaps their feelings, but even just their environment, it creates a very porous or like fluid boundary, you know, which I think can be really beautiful for connection when it feels healthy but it can be really detrimental to relationships over time if it's not because it could end up depleting us. And, you know, we can attract people who constantly like want to draw on our energy, whether they realize it or not, you know, it leaves us feeling exhausted and drained. And so for me, boundaries not only means physical boundary of maybe time or a schedule or very concrete things like that, but it also means energetic boundaries. And just that feeling of like having more of a solidity around your own energy field when you're interacting with somebody else and how that really supports like that healthy relationship.
0: Mm. Yeah, so if someone feels that they want to have better boundaries, where Mm -hmm. can they start?
1: Yeah, there's so many... um, Places to start, but say that if this is resonating and you've noticed that, or, you know, anyone who's listening has noticed that "Mm, maybe I need to, to look at this a little bit more. I would start by noticing how do you feel with different people in your life and how do you feel in different environments? And so I think starting with that level of awareness around does my energy feel good? Do I feel relaxed? Do I feel like I could be myself? Do I feel like I can exhale in this environment or with this person? And then if you're around other situations and you're noticing that perhaps you feel anxious or you need to control your environment, or you're noticing like a sense of pressure or dis-ease, then you're getting that awareness of that, you know, so that's like baseline just to even know what's going on. And then I personally, you know, certainly you can talk to somebody if you want to create some of that space. But even before you do that, I would even intentionally do some work around like just spending more time on your own and really understanding like, what does it feel like just to be in my energy I always recommend for, you know, if people have it available to them to go into nature or just find a local park, wherever you live and really start to notice, like, how do I feel on my own? How do I feel with different people? And then, you know, the people that feel good and maybe the people that don't feel so good, because then you could start to recognize like what's really happening for me. But one of the first things I think for, especially for sensitive people or empathic people is, do blocks of time on your own and really start to notice like your level of energy and what's happening for you in your system. Because once you recognize that and understand, maybe everyone needs a different amount of alone time or, you know, time to do other things that they enjoy. And you'll start to know what you need to take care of yourself. And then you'll be able to implement those like outer boundaries a little more easily.
0: Mm -hmm. So, why do you think it's such a challenge for highly sensitive and boundaries?
1: Mm-hmm. I think the way that I mean we're wired is like for a deep level of connection. I mean, I think humans are wired for a connection, certainly. You know, but I do find that you know when we're highly sensitive, those like really. Just the the depth of the connection seems to be more important from my observation from the from the outside. And so I do find that sometimes like at the expense of like desiring that connection, sometimes the boundaries fall away or they're not as strong. And so I think it, you know, one of the reasons, I mean, I think it's like for a good intention because we want to connect and we want to like you know, feel that in a different way. But I think that that is one of the reasons that it makes it difficult because maybe, you know, without consciously thinking about it, you might think, well, if I have a boundary up, then I'm not going to feel as connected. You know, like I would encourage people to just like think about their own beliefs around that. Like I've certainly had experiences where it's like, I want to be helpful or I want, you know, if I see somebody who's struggling or in pain, if it's a friend, then I'm like all in, you know, I'm like doing all the things. And then I noticed that I can still do all the things and like, make sure I'm taking care of myself. But I sort of drop that piece just to like, you know, go all in and be helpful. But then I end up feeling depleted and, you know, frustrated or, or on edge or anxious or different things like that. So I would really notice just that balance of like, okay, or that belief, like, do I feel like I don't need to have a boundary in order to feel connected to someone? Can I be really connected to somebody and have like a strong boundary? I think other reasons this happens a lot with sensitive people is like, we feel we can feel the sensations or maybe the emotions of other people. And so in an order to not disappoint somebody or make them maybe feel badly, we will not set the boundary because then we'll feel like we know that they'll feel bad. Maybe we'll feel bad. And then because we can feel their <laughs> emotions, we're like feeling like doubly bad. And so there's a lot of really interesting, like nuanced reasons why I think this cat can happen. It's certainly different for everybody, but those are like two of the big ones that I see a lot.
0: And mm. um, yeah, it can be scary to start setting boundaries. And yeah. um, like as you say, it doesn't have to mean that you have to go and, and talk to someone or say say a boundary out loud. But if you have to do that, what do you have any mm. on
1: that? Mm-hmm. How
0: to communicate the boundary?
1: Yeah, that's such a great question because yeah, we have, to, we have to be able to do that. So I would say that first like check in with what feels scary about it. You know, for some people it's, oh, I don't want to disappoint someone for other people. They well, like, I might be rejected if I say no to them, they might say no to me or I won't be included in the next thing. There, there's some reasons for it, right? So I, I'm always about like, oh, getting curious about that. But in the moment- when you have to do it, I would say before you have to have that conversation, do what helps you feel really grounded. Like if I have to have a difficult conversation, I might, you know, do a yoga practice beforehand. I might make sure that I've like exercised in the morning. I might, you know, go for a long walk in nature and just really clear my own energy and like, make sure I'm coming from a good place. And then, you know, sometimes scripts for boundaries are really helpful, right? Like when we don't know the right thing to say or we're, we're like a little bit nervous, sometimes you just have to rehearse like what you you wanna tell somebody. And that can be so, so helpful because if you're already nervous and anxious, if you come in with a script and that's gonna look different for everybody, but you know, making sure you do what you need to nourish yourself on the front end and then like writing out what you wanna say and kind of practicing it And even visualizing doing it, like putting yourself in that uh, place in your mind, having the person in front of you and kind of practicing it that way or in a mirror can kind of like help boost our confidence. And, you know, the words may not always come out perfectly, but I think like having that clear energy and at least having the right intention can really help, even if the words don't come out exactly right.
0: And and what do you do if you don't get the response you want to what's Mm -hmm. happening?
1: Yeah, that's like the tricky part, right? Because somebody might actually get upset and that's the whole thing that you've been worried about, right? Which is why knowing like what some of your fears are are important, because when it happens, at least you're like, okay, well, I know that this is going to be upsetting And that's why I'm such a huge fan of like doing different self-regulation practices. And that really is like what I, some of them I mentioned before going for a long walk, the yoga, the going for the run or doing something else because we're teaching our bodies like how to be in a regulated state. And so when, if say, for example, the person gets upset or we get this response that we don't Like, and it triggers us. Like, we've done some of this grounding work ahead of time. So, hopefully, it doesn't like totally take us off our center. But in that moment, it still can, right? So, maybe even having a a plan for that, right? Like, okay, if I don't get the response I want, can I excuse myself? Or can I just say, like, hey, I need a minute? Or say, like, I understand that you're upset, but I just need a few moments to think about this and pause before I respond. So, I think having something in your back pocket to say if you got the response that you don't want can be empowering. You know, and even if you it's great if you don't end up having to say it, right? But if you do, you have something that you can grab onto instead of it just being like, I don't know and then you know, we all are human so we're going to react to things, like maybe we say things that we don't Always mean all of that kind of stuff. But in these situations, I do think it can be helpful to have some kind of like back pocket. I I need a few minutes. I need to pause. Like, let's have this conversation. Let's continue this conversation later. Like, I think there's a few ways that we can handle it so that we can ground before we have to, you know, really engage with something that could be contentious. Mm
0: -hmm. So, Someone who's watching this, what would be mm-hmm. one action step or takeaway that you really would want them to take after this conversation? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I would. I mean, I would really invite them to think about a couple things. Like, one, does this resonate? Like, am I feeling like triggered a lot? Do I feel like my boundaries are being pushed upon? And then starting to notice what that feels like like in your body can be really helpful because if we have no idea what that feels like, we might be in a reactive mode a lot of the time. And just feeling like, why is this happening to me? Like, why are people acting like this? Why is this, you know? And so really looking outside. So I would just really invite like the, I think the one action step, there's so many, so I'm going to try to keep to one, but I think the one action step is to really start to notice our reactions in different places because then you'll get to understand like yourself more like where your boundary is um how you're reacting and then you can then know like the best way to approach it because somebody might say something to you and then to me and it, you might be fine with it and it might I might find it like very offensive you know or not maybe very offensive but just like it might bother me in some way so everybody's boundaries are so different like based on our own experiences so if you don't know like where yours are or like what you need, then it's really difficult to like work, work on that. Mm -hmm. So start paying attention to when you're being triggered or when you feel like your boundary is being pushed upon and really start to track it so that you can get some awareness around it. Mm
0: -hmm. Great action. step. Yeah. And do you have any other tips around boundaries
1: or anything else that you would like to share? Yeah, oh my goodness. Um, Honestly, I I think the thing I'll say is that a lot of times people are talking about, well, I'll say two things. One thing is that this is a very nuanced topic. And so sometimes I see uh, content or posts around like, you know, no is a complete sentence or like you don't know people an explanation or you can just, you know, and I I feel like first people who are sensitive, like that can feel so harsh, you know, it's like, you know, so I would, I think the other thing I would say is like for boundaries, for when you're sensitive, that's why I'm kind of giving these steps around building awareness because it is really different. And some of the sort of conventional things out there that are a little bit hard line can feel really harsh to our system. And so, you know, take those with a grain of salt. Sometimes they're appropriate and they work, but other times, like if they don't feel good to your system, it's you're not gonna be able to execute them effectively. And so just trust that like you're on this path and maybe you're not perfect at setting boundaries and you're like, I really have some relationships where I have to work on this. Like focus on the awareness building get some support, you know, if, if that's what you need and, you know, just recognize that it might take a little bit longer, but when you get there, it's going to feel really solid for you. as somebody who's highly sensitive.
0: Yeah. It's really a practice.
1: It is a practice. Yeah. (laughs) Ongoing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Definitely. Yeah. Is there anything else you would like to add? Um, yeah. The only, the, you know, the other thing that I'll share is I do have a free masterclass available on my website. It's called strengthen your energetic boundaries. And so people can download that and kind of get a little bit more information. And I take people, I walk people through a guided practice so that they could start to like really feel this in their body. So if you're listening and you're like, well, that sounds good, but I don't really know how to do that. You can watch that practice, uh, that class. And there is a little practice there. And then I also have a a course called boundaries for a better relationship. And so I do walk people through really specific exercises on recognizing and understanding some of their needs, especially in their relationships, you know, what needs they can start to fulfill for themselves, what they might need some help with and how to go about asking for that. And then also a body-based meditation where I walk you through like understanding some of your triggers. So. And some of this information I think can be, it's not tangible. And so I think it's hard to be like, well, what, what can I like do? What, How can I, how can I figure out what's triggering me when I'm, you know, really agitated or, or overwhelmed? And so sometimes having somebody's voice to just guide that process can be incredibly helpful and give you a lot of insight. So that's all available on my, on my website. Perfect.
0: That sounds amazing. Yeah. We'll put the links here as well. Okay. thank you so so much for being here and sharing your wisdom and doing the important work with boundaries in the world
1: yeah thank you so much for having me i really appreciate the invitation
0: thank you for listening to sensitive success if you enjoyed this episode please leave a review and share it with someone who could benefit from this message and come over and connect with me on instagram at frida carbo and remember sensitivity is neither good or bad it's what we make of it Embrace your sensitivity and use it to create sensitive success your way.